Hello, and welcome to the Montel Weekly Podcast. Normally, we bring you energy matters in an informal setting, but today we're in this amazing control room of the old Kraftwerk Berlin. So I'm in Berlin, as we say, as at the uh, Event Horizon uh, Conference, and today I'm joined by three very distinguished guests, CEOs and leading energy experts in Europe. Anna Tuberich, CEO of Grid Singularity, welcome. Thank you. You're also Vice Chair of Energy Web Foundation's Foundation Council. Yes, and very proud that we went live yesterday. Brilliant. And Jojo Hubbard, you're the CEO of Electron. Welcome to you. Thanks for having me. So Electron, that's a, that's a London-based company, sort of tech-based, tech energy, in the tech energy space. Yeah, so. um, we're trying to repopulize the term N-tech so that energy companies don't have to call themselves fintech companies because okay. it's such a profoundly important, exciting space right now. Absolutely, absolutely. And Maria Kwana, uh, welcome to you. You're CEO of... of um, you're the CEO of Verb. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you look at more, not so much, I mean, I think, uh, you, Jojo, you're looking at more at the balancing side of stuff, but you're looking more at the household level, yeah, is that right? It's like domestic level, so it's kind of the other end of the, the spectrum, I suppose. So mm-hmm. We've got it all between us. Yeah. Perfect. <laughs> so from the macro level to the micro, yeah, yeah wonderful. Anna, you just mentioned that you launched the Energy Web chain. So can you tell us a little bit more about that? Why is it important and what does it mean for the energy sector? For several reasons. First of all, because we created an ecosystem of global corporates and startups who are working together on a single standardized platform where um, they're launching applications in the end tech. Mm -hmm. Uh, (laughs) And we are the first uh, platform that is run by real companies, corporates and startups. Mm. Um, So it is also news for blockchain. It's the first enterprise level, truly decentralized blockchain. Mm. It is also more efficient than other platforms that are there in the market right now and therefore allows for a range of applications. Mm. And at Event Horizon, our partners, members of the ecosystem, have shown applications that are very real, including those that are operated by Electron and Verve, but also Singapore Power, Angie, Elia, mm-hmm. as well as uh, American and other innovators globally. So that's like the corporates, the, the sort of established energy companies, as well as start, startups like Electron and Verve and, yes. and others. Yeah. Jojo, Electron used blockchain to, to help balance the grid, sort of bring in decentralized uh, and distributed energy, if I understand it correctly. But I see you really Recently, you launched a sort of grid as asset register. Could you could you tell us a little bit about that? What what is it, and, and why is that important? So the next phase of mm. the energy transition is mm. all about making more efficient use of existing assets, mm. whether they're grid assets like transformers or cables or, mm. or, or generation assets or storage assets. But the boundaries moved, mm. right? The boundary used to be the meter level, and the boundaries mm. moved behind the meter. There's all sorts of exciting things going on there too. Mm. So when you say behind the meter, I mean, for those out there who maybe aren't unfamiliar with those kind of terms, what what do you mean? Electric vehicles, domestic batteries, uh, electric heating systems, Mm. all of those sorts of things are kind of... Fridges. (laughs) (laughs) Fridges is always used as an example, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, But But, uh, as to whether you coordinate through a domestic, you know, heater or fridge, there's going to be so Mm. many different aggregation models of bringing Mm. lots of different types of assets into the market. Verve being another, you know, kind of really compelling one of those. Mm. Essentially, one of the key challenges is no one party has a view of what and where all the capabilities in the system Mm. are anymore. So you've got an awful lot of parties who are holding different types of data, whether it's static data, like here are the attributes of those assets, here's Mm. where they are, 
or operating data like here, the meter readings or, or mm. relational data, like these are the things, you know, th these assets are qualified or allowed to do. Mm. So to try and pull those together and get kind of whole system value, you need a kind mm. of whole system solution. Mm. So you have two options, uh, mm. a kind of centralized whole system solution mm. where you create a new central database and coordinate it that way, mm. or a decentralized one. We believe the absolute best way to coordinate this new system mm. is to bring together lots of different data sets and coordinate them through a kind of portal, mm. essentially a thin integration layer, mm. rather than mandating for a new big central mm data system and you know even if you do that you're going to get some of the column headings wrong or you're going to miss some of the important mm. data and you're going to end up mm. having multiple of those data sets so recorder record der is the mm. big project we're running in the uk with national grid uk power networks and scottish power energy networks mm. and it's essentially to give a single name for a single asset mm. maybe a meter id or you know mm. something more and then uh, on blockchain we sort of run the kyc so how do you prove that you have the right to control that asset and mm. enter into markets uh, we have references to lots of off-blockchain data sets. Then we have essentially the market mm. protocols, which are separate. So one, a market can be a balancing market. And as an example of that, we're doing up in Scotland. It can be a data market. So an example of that, like National Grid paying for more information or more resolution as to mm. what is in the, mm. the lower asset. But the point is anyone can build these data or trading markets mm. on a system of coordinated asset identities. Mm -hmm. so, so that's, and that's where, where the blockchain comes in to aid that. And it's all linked. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, that. so Maria, you at Verve, you're using blockchain um, to, to help households and people to look at their energy use, how they can perhaps lower their, their carbon footprint. Mm -hmm. and I saw you recently, uh, you have an energy trading platform. Or what yeah. could you say? Tell so us a little bit about the that. that's the part that we use the, the blockchain for. So we started out, I mean, we're a data company, so mm. we, and tech. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so we, we have an IoT device that samples current and voltage coming into domestic properties super quick, so mm. much faster faster than smart meters, so up mm. to a million times a second versus like once every six to, to 10 seconds. Mm. And with that volume of data, we can apply AI to it mm -hmm. to gain greater insight into the home. So where a smart meter shows you your total consumption, we say it's the washing machine that mm. is costing this much and show people that information in real time. So mm. the idea of democratizing energy uh, data has been there from the beginning because people mm. didn't understand how to reduce their bills because they don't have access to the information. Mm. They don't know if their appliances are efficient or inefficient. Mm. Uh, so that's where we began and mm. then it was through a project also with uh, UKPN which is one of the, the network operators uh, back in the UK uh, through a project with them we were monitoring households that had solar mm. and battery storage and obviously the means electricity and we could see that they were generating so much more energy than they needed mm. um, and that's where we're like hang on a second like surely we could redistribute this energy to a neighbor that doesn't have some mm. form of, of solar. Uh, and we even had one person say to us, oh, you know, like I'm retired, I've paid my mm. pay for my solar assets, they're all paid off now. Like there's a family next door that I can see are really struggling mm. and I would love to just give them my, my mm. excess solar. So you wouldn't even necessarily have to pay for it. Maybe mm. you would donate it to a school, I don't know. And mm. um, so then that, that's where our projects came in. And so we were like, we need to trade this energy in some way. We need to record the transactions. But our goal here is to get energy bills as low as possible and hopefully down to zero. Mm. So the blockchain is the perfect solution for that right now. It's the best technical solution right mm. now mm. to trade something in a way that doesn't need a middleman that's going to mm. take their cut on every transaction. Mm. So that's how it came so about. So the middleman being who? Then? Maybe the energy, energy company. Yeah, um, so it's, yeah. it's massive disruption to, to the, the current setup, the retail setup. Mm -hmm. you know, we, we actually would argue that disruption already happened mm. uh, with the centralized sure. asset 
assets with consumers being aware that they have right to mm. know and that they have right to choose mm. uh, so we see blockchain as a solution actually mm. not not the disruptor yeah okay mm -hmm. no fair enough I mean do you think um, what's the consumer engagement with this I mean is there willingness to engage with, with this I mean obviously we've had uh, very early adopters from the beginning we've been getting feedback on it I mm. think what we have seen, uh, there's a transition happening in technology right now, mm. whereas when startups used to be measured on things like monthly active users, daily active users, time spent in the app, mm. and we actually don't necessarily want people spending hours in our app looking at how much their kettle costs. Mm. And I think technology is now transitioning from this kind of screaming toddler trying mm. to get your attention all the time like social media mm. to an obedient assistant. And mm. that's what we want to be. So mm. we want to have the technology that enables people to forget about it, to mm. know that they are always paying the cheapest price for their energy. So we do switching mm. as well. Mm. And and know that they're always getting the cheapest amount and obviously trying to reduce carbon mm. uh, also. So yeah, yeah. yeah, so I think that people are getting wise to it, but it needs mm. to be something that you kind of install and then are like, yeah, I know that's mm. taken care of. I don't have to worry about it anymore. Yeah, absolutely. I sense there's a, there's a lot of fantastic ideas out here and the companies involved in this sector, you know, you're, you've got some, some good, very good use cases. What does it take then to bring this to the next level? Is there, is there anything sort of holding back development in this sector, well, Anna? Actually, some use, use cases are at the next level, mm -hmm. if you call the market the next level. Sure. Mm. For example, which ones? For are... example, the first one that was really out is the renewable energy certificates, mm. which is a perfect use case of simplifying the procedure, making it more efficient, making it more transparent, uh, definitely more authentic. Mm. and. Also, what is really important, really enlarging the market in a sense that you no longer have to be a big hydro plant. You can now be a home with a solar panel and participate mm. in this market. Mm. So uh, this is happening uh, Angers uh, in France uh, and Singapore Power mm. and now PTT in Thailand have marketplaces. Mm. Uh, Singapore Power announced that now they have a partnership with IREX, the mm. international mm. REC uh, certification body. So that means that that app uh, is global mm. and mm. that it's not tied to that one market, which is another uh, feature of, of blockchain. Mm. And then there are apps in EV charging, mm. uh, like the Share and Charge app, right, mm. which, which has been on the mm. market uh, mm. for a while now. And uh, well, a while being a few months which <laughs> in, in blockchain <laughs> years, yes. 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 Long. Mm. Elia is looking at an application in grid balancing, mm. uh, studying and other companies are exploring how to engage the community, how to engage distributed resources in a way that is more efficient. Mm. There are apps like one that we built as Grid Singularity called the D3A, which allows one to simulate, configure a market, mm. optimize the market, and then in the next stage, uh, rolled that out as a software with own bidding strategies mm. uh, where as you see uh, with blockchain it's all a big puzzle mm. and we're all working together as part of mm. this puzzle mm. what jojo and electron is doing is a protocol that is useful for asset registry mm. that could then be part of this digital mm. uh, grid and then the device uh, of worv mm. uh, would be the one that's participating with its own trading strategies mm. on this simulated uh, digital grid transactive grid so um, that is the beauty of blockchain and that's why we have an ecosystem 
uh, where we all work together. It is a peculiar case of uh, cooperation and collaboration on the market. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And if I go back to the guarantees of origin or the certificates of origin, how, how is that developing in Europe? I mean, um, you mentioned some kind of hindrances uh, yesterday yes. in the conference. Could, could you go into true, more details true. there? So whenever we do a survey, regulation comes as the first challenge, I will call it. Mm. And it's a challenge uh, in that if you have a registry of guarantees of origin in a country in Europe or, mm. or, or another name that they're called in another country which is highly regulated, then they say this is how they should be registered. Mm. And you need someone to check if you actually have an asset, you need to be an asset of that size and so forth. So mm. it's a procedure that needs to be changed so that you can say, oh, you can also register a certificate using this blockchain app. Mm. And there, it's a matter of time for registries in Europe to recognize that it's a better way to do business. Mm. But it does require that they change a relatively small piece of legislation, but still a piece of legislation. And and it's also a cultural behavioral change in that aspect. The more of a challenge that we see is in peer-to-peer. Mm-hmm. where uh, for good reason uh, it is highly regulated who can be an energy trader mm-hmm. right which in your example of a fridge or a dishwasher or um, mm-hmm. you know your music uh, whatever you're using as a device doesn't satisfy the rules to mm-hmm. become an energy trader and there it will be a longer road to, to gonna, convince right say, yeah. and uh, today we had the example of SoulShare, which claims rightly to be the first peer-to-peer grid in Mm. Bangladesh. So Mm. it's in Bangladesh, it's not in Europe because it's not regulated Mm. in the same way in Bangladesh. So it is possible that the deployment will be first in countries where this is Mm. not regulated Mm. and uh, would benefit uh, in a sense the economic development and the um, Mm. help (laughs) them have this tech leap, Mm. right? And and then teach us how to do it in Europe because Mm. in Europe we just have a few test beds. Uh, the first one uh, starting in UK, and, and I know Electron has been working with them. We worked with one in Austria. Mm. The issue there is how fast will one go from a regulatory sandbox mm. to uh, mainstreaming? When you say sandbox, what could you say that? What do you mean? Well, it means that that's an area that is accepted to the general law, which okay. forbids it. Okay. Yes. So, yes. Sorry, Jojo. You it's a safe play area. Yeah. Safe play. Okay, fair enough. With the <laughs> like regulator. A with a, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Like yeah. A yeah. 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 Fair enough. May yeah. I answer your question yeah. as to why why aren't these things happening already at bigger scale? Because it's not a tech mm. problem. It's not a it's it's, it's not a blockchain problem. Mm. In my view now. So um, that's, is the other markets ready or is there something about the market structure? Well, that, yeah, yeah, exactly. So, so, so if I may as an analogy, imagine like you're trying to kind of put the football in the goal. And right mm. now, very mm. few people are allowed on the football pitch mm. and the goal is very, very small. Mm. So we need to allow more people on mm. the pitch. So we do that through things like open data. And there's some fantastic open data initiatives like the Open Data Task Force going on, on the regulatory side. But again, mm. blockchain is a fantastic technology for allowing people to take control and allow access to their own data. Mm. And, and, and there are other things on, on, on allowing more people on play, like mm. regulators, like roles, like, like cooperation, another thing Energy Web Foundation kind of really pushes. So more people need to be on this football pitch. But again, we really need to make this goal bigger. And we heard on the panel is that today, you know, someone goes, oh, the flexibility market is, is, is very small. That's not right. Like the flexibility market isn't a market. There's a whole series of attributes mm. that the grid needs now. Some are physical, like we need you to do something in this location. We need inertia. Mm. And some are, are, are preferential or financial. Like we want it to be green. We want it to be these. And mm-hmm. we probably shouldn't even call green preferential anymore because like we actually do really need as a society mm-hmm. It, mm-hmm. It, it to be greener. So that's largely a market design thing. Like we, we need to allow 
price signals. We need to allow value to be stacked. We, we need to do all sorts of things to make that goal bigger. Mm. So amazing innovators and, and innovative companies can go and engage consumers better to, to, to sort of come into this market. So what and, needs to happen? How can we make that goal bigger and, to, and the pitch bigger? Yeah, so o- o- open data mm-hmm. and things like sandboxes allow more people onto the pitch. Mm. And to make the goal bigger, it's things like demanding that flexibility markets are stackable, mm-hmm. allowing sharper price signals between like energy's free now mm. and energy's really expensive mm. now. And, and, and I spoke to the regulator the other day and they were like, oh, people don't like price signals. It feels like going backwards in time and rationing and no one mm-hmm. wants to go back to the war. I said, well, let's call it something different because people mm. do want free energy. Stop subsidizing the polluters. And, as well. and it's so important. And yeah. that, that's a regulation in market And enable well. these more flexible um, pieces of generation and demand side to come in. Absolutely. Yeah. How, how, do you, how do you engage with a regulator? I mean, what's your experience here? So again, through a, a sandbox. So mm-hmm. our uh, peer-to-peer trials that we have done in Hackney in London have been mm-hmm. within an Ofgem. So Ofgem's our UK regulator has been mm-hmm. within a sandbox. And I have to say, they have been incredible in terms of their innovation link and getting us to that point. But mm-hmm. I completely take Anna's point of how do we go from there to this mm-hmm. being mainstream and there's, you know, the regulation has changed. And um, the problem with all types of regulation is that the rules are made to protect the customers from the, I guess, the giants mm. and the innovators have to follow the, the same mm. rules. And mm. that's obviously how it has to be. Yeah, um, yeah. But yeah, it just it does make innovation more difficult. But I think, you know, the bright side of this is that the tech's there and it's done and it's proved, mm. um, which is really awesome. Yeah. Um, and I think, you know, living in a, a world where we can trial and create things so quickly now and mm. in such mm. a collaborative, like mm. global way mm. um, is really amazing and I think you know being able to you know particularly be, being like affiliated with you guys like mm. we can uh, see what the regulations like in different countries and you can lobby in a different way but yeah but I find in the UK the um, the regulator to be really open to hearing everything okay yeah often yeah it's not like that in every country because I was going to ask is that I mean have you have you kind of plans to roll out what you're doing in the UK to other markets I mean in, in Europe or is that I mean I mean, that, and what are the, the barriers to doing that? Yeah, I mean, we so we have in, in Ireland as well. Um, mm. Ireland, the, I guess the energy market was a monopoly until not that long ago, which mm. makes it easier um, because there's small, there's fewer players. So mm. um, you can get answers quicker, I suppose. Mm. And then we've done, uh, we're, so we're looking at kind of Middle East and, and Thailand as well. Mm. But yeah, I wouldn't say there's the, um, I guess Australia probably is a mm. bit less mm. Um, mm. heavily. Like and lots of things happening there on the renewables and storage side as well. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's a different experience in, in different countries and it's about trying to place your bets on uh, mm-hmm. where it's mm-hmm. going to be the first place to mm-hmm. to take this on. It may not be the UK. Mm-hmm. We'll see. Well, I, I don't know. I, I... I, I, I like you, like huge fan to Ofgem and really grateful for them for mm-hmm. actually like leading conversations about innovations mm-hmm. and, and, and sandboxes. But if you look at, and I'm, I'm going to miss some markets out here, but if, if you look at the markets who are really advanced in, in renewables, what you've, you've got Germany, you've got UK, you've got Australia, you've got California, you've got Japan and, and, and various markets the like this. And the Nordics as well, a different kind of... And the Nordics as well. Mm-hmm. But then if you look at the markets where people are really, really committed 
to markets. Mm. And, and, and you've got really innovative regulation that does start sending you to Australia and the UK mm-hmm. quite frequently again and again. And there are no coincidence those are markets where the regulators are at the table mm-hmm. involved in all of these conversations mm-hmm. with the tech companies. Because yeah. what, what are you hearing, Anna, in terms of the regulation? Is there a huge variance here? Some are very open to this, some are at the table, some are very shut firmly behind some doors. And, and I see a greater push recently that there is less climate change denial Mm. and a generally stronger push from the citizens and several leading governments to deal with it now rather than delay to the next political mandate. Mm. And I believe that will be part of the push that will also help regulators uh, allow for blockchain solutions Mm. uh, because blockchain solutions facilitate uh, the use of renewables Mm. uh, to the hopefully 100%. There's a lot of talk here uh, about private and public blockchains. Where do you stand on this, Anna? What's, uh, I can see a lot of projects that have gone on with the blockchain have, have been in, 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 on private ones, which maybe doesn't maybe goes against the ethos of, of the blockchain itself. I mean, what? Well, the single most important feature of blockchain is that it enables trust. If you're private and centralized, in my opinion, it mm. is not the blockchain in the authentic meaning of the word or the intention of the technology. Mm. Uh, so the structure that the Energy Web Foundation uh, has developed is one of a public uh, blockchain, but with known permissioned validators mm. that uh, give a sense of security to people using it in that those are companies with a serious reputation mm that they're staking uh, because they want the platform that is truly global, truly decentralized. Over time, the number of those corporates and startups will grow. Mm. Uh, They're already geographically very diverse. Mm. Uh, And in that sense, it's a truly decentralized blockchain Mm. owned by no one, controlled Mm. by no one except the community, Mm. which will discuss different technical upgrades and Mm. vote on those technical upgrades. Whereas the applications that are run on it Mm. are those that need to account for any regulatory compliance that they may need to have, depending Mm. on what it is. Obviously, if they are a back-end billing app, Mm. they don't or or may have some of that. Mm. But uh, peer-to-peer may be one that is tied to a certain jurisdiction. And as we move to scale and so-called parachains, which Mm. are enabled by projects like Polkadot, Mm. what that would imply is that, for example, You may have an app that runs on one chain that is for a certain jurisdiction and another for another jurisdiction, and then they all meet Mm. on this main uh, Mm. blockchain uh, that provides the security and the standard Mm. uh, platform uh, uh, specifications for everybody to use and take advantage of. Perfect. I mean, it seems like we're only just at the beginning, and in fact, we have to to end here. Uh, We've just just scratched the surface, so so thanks uh, again for for joining us. It's been a privilege to have you here. and, and good luck with all, all the projects and, and yeah, in Thank the you. future. Thanks for having us. For the latest news from the energy markets, go to our Twitter at Montel News and follow us also on our website at Montel News. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast. You can find us on Spotify and also on iTunes. This is all for today's episode. Thank you very much. Goodbye. Goodbye.